again, that intro song is brought to you by Dogma Beats. My good friend back in Washington, make sure you go check him out on Instagram, at Dogma Beats. He's got a link to his SoundCloud and all his other stuff in his bio there. Give him a follow, check out his page. Thanks again, man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and I'm here on a Tuesday today. Uh, pretty nice day out, just in general, man, just feeling good. And feeling good, I got a guest with me. Uh, this is a guy that I met in San Jose, bumped into a few times at open mics. Uh, we, he, it was funny, he was like, I've seen you on the internet. That was like the first thing I remember he said to me. Uh, and I was like, yes, you have probably. Uh, <laughs> that was like the coolest introduction to like, to have somebody just be like, yo, I've seen you on the internet. That's pretty amazing. Uh, uh, no, but I I actually found out that you know he he's the he's the other guy kind of behind the the pick your poison show. Uh, we had Ruben on before. We mentioned uh, mentioned you as well. And uh, I've been you know enjoying during quarantine. I've been enjoying the the less is it was less is more. I think at first and now it's moved over to the, the BTV uh-huh. you know sports show. And he's just a funny guy. I've seen his stand up too. It is Brian Moore, known otherwise known as BMO. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? How you doing? Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I noticed like right when quarantine started, I noticed like people popping up. You know, got the Zoom show going on the week. We got, we got like, uh, you know, here's my podcast about this. Here's my podcast about this. You know, there's me. Here's my podcast. Uh, and then, right, you know, you kind of took. Right, right. A different lane than I've seen, you know, anybody that I know in the kind of the the area, like the the kind of the San Jose or Bay Area scene kind of take, which is you kind of went to just talking about sports and like doing like a sports channel kind of thing. And uh right, th- right. This is right. cool. Like it's it's well, fucking it, sick, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I I I love it. So I I was, um, we were talking a little bit before the show, you know, as, as a kid, you know, um, I came from the sports center, the golden era of sports center, you know, where, where, you know, Stuart Scott, Kenny Mayne, Rich Eisen, um, a lot of those guys were, were great examples for us. And, and, and I was a huge, huge sports, uh, sports nerd. And, um, you know, that really kind of kept going through my twenties. And then there was somewhere right in that, I don't know what happened mid twenties, early thirties where all my sports mm-hmm. buddies, we dispersed. Uh, all the fantasy basketball, baseball, football leagues started disintegrating. Oh, wow. You know, I had a league for 14 years, 14 years in a row. That, that, that finally, uh, uh, you know, rest in peace to Deep Keeper League. Yeah, it was great. Um, but those all started going away, and comedy. I, it wasn't the same time, but comedy came separately, and and I almost, you know, sports are still a big part of my life, but comedy like sports is almost like being religious in a weird way like you mm-hmm. tell people you like sports and they look at you uh-huh. funny when you're a comedian they're like oh no, you like sports? I, I understand yeah. what you're saying man like- <laughs> and, but when yeah all the time i get judged for that and but when it first actually started i don't i don't not many people caught it but it was just top fives uh mm-hmm. where we would me and this guy my friend derek uh, uh, the buzz god at Don Cicerone, buddy of mine, real, real good guy, works for a, a great brewery um, oh, nice. at Oakland uh, called Ghost Town. Oh, I think I've had some Ghost Town before. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, great beer. He came on and we argued football top fives for a week, and it did so well, and people watched and liked it, and I felt, I was like, you know what? 
I don't okay. care if anybody watches. I just like doing it. Um, and so I started doing it more and having guests on. And then, you know, I was cranking along. And next thing you know, I looked at my Instagram and it was just a feed full of vid- sports videos, right? Yeah. And and then not to get too into stuff, but, you know, um, life happened, not quarantine-wise, but obviously there was some terrible tragedy uh, with, with you know, George Floyd. And, and all of a sudden it just became a little weird to, you know, on one part of my page be trying to support a cause or, or be positive towards something. And then five minutes mm-hmm. later, it's like, hey, how about this wide receiver? Like, it just sounds so dumb. So I think I decided that week to separate it um, and make a different Instagram for it. And uh, a cousin of mine is in graphic design and was like, let me make you a logo. Oh, let me cool. make this official for you. And, you know, what do you want to call it? And so we worked on that for a long time. And he made a great BTV logo. Um, and... You know, it's the handle has changed a couple of times. You know, the mm-hmm. but it's it's 100.btv now because honestly, that's me and and Matt Martin, a guy who's on this on the channel with me. Mm-hmm. We like our energy level is up to 100. We we are a hundred percent honest with how we feel. Um, but nice. uh, yeah, I picked up Matt actually through the channel. Like I didn't know him previously. He's a he's a kid, college kid out in Massachusetts that. Uh, ended up on the channel and now he's literally 50% of it. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That's really cool too. Uh, cause I was watching it on your original page at first and then yeah. I saw it move over there and then, yeah, I saw Matt come on and I've noticed it kind of t- has taken on. Now it's this, it's like this entity. It's not, ju- you know, it's not just you. And that's, what's cool about it is I like working on a group project. Like I do the, the cowboy rowdy podcast with a couple other guys. Yeah. It's really fun and to be there's like obviously there's probably like some creative differences with everybody that you work with because you you see things differently so it's always cool to like see a different perspective with something I bet that that's brought like this, this this other element to it that you probably just didn't see previously and you know that's that's really cool I bet to see and to yeah to to just to go from you know to doing comedy and then quarantine starts and and now you just have like this sports channel on online <laughs> it's really cool man yeah. you just like you're, I can tell right away by seeing that it's like this guy's somebody that is, he is a hustler, and he you know is somebody that just wants to, to be doing something. It's something you know, like it's it's it's. Yeah. I can tell it's just it's you gotta be doing something probably. Like you you gotta keep it busy. Like you got wheels turning. Even right now, even right now, <laughs> man. Even right now, yeah. No, I um. I'm sure you see this in the funny. closet. You're probably gonna judge me for right here. I'm not okay. judging you for that jersey. No way. <laughs> not that jersey. Nuh-uh. Nah, that's the guy that right jersey. there. I mean, like, <laughs> If you're going to have a Steelers jersey, that's the yeah. one to have, dude, in my, in my humble opinion. I mean, there's a couple more, but that's I mean, I that's, a, I, that's probably my favorite. Yeah, I think I, have an, I think I have a Big Ben one that's downstairs. It's an away jersey. I don't have, I have it up here, unfortunately. but I wait. See, I, I wait until somebody – like I will just now consider getting a Julio jersey. Okay. Um, you know, I, I wait until it, cause like for Roddy, I got it and then I had to wait when he was in Tennessee for a little bit before that, you, you know, cause so. I see a lot of Atlanta stuff. Are you from, you're from Atlanta? No. Okay. So the story goes when I was a kid, it was just me and my mom. Gotcha. Okay. And she was a big baseball fan. That's was the sport I played, you know, you know, T-ball all the way up through okay. high school well, in the middle of high school. And then my mom for, was a Braves fan. And it was mostly because the Braves were on TBS. 
And so when I was a kid, you either liked your local sports team or you liked the Braves because those were the te- two teams that you could watch. Oh, I got you. Okay. And, and, and so my mom had a crush on Steve Avery, a pitcher uh, from the kind of early 90s. And she liked the Braves pitchers because they could hit almost always. So I was a Braves fan inherently from th- that point on. And the rest of the Atlanta franchises just kind of fell into place because um, I was a small guy that liked to play basketball. So Spud Webb was an easy person to gravitate to as far as historically speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when the Falcons had Dion, it was easy to I, – so I just kind of gravitated to the, the Atlanta teams Um after liking the Braves, just being like, you know what? I like being different. I don't want to root for all the teams that everybody roots Got for you. at school. It's, it's better Dude, this I, way. What you're saying right now, like I yeah. really gravitate towards that because I, yeah, I, growing up, I was, I grew up in, I live in Washington growing up and like mm, yeah. uh, the Seahawks were just consistently for years were just subpar. Like just, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> I mean right, like right, growing right. up, they had a couple of good seasons, but I just, I remember just being like, man, I just don't like the Seahawks. Like, I just, I just yeah. didn't like the Seahawks, and I always kind of got shit for that. Cause I would, I remember when I was a kid, like the earliest thing I like, I think I was in like maybe fifth or sixth grade, and it was when it was when Big Ben was his rookie year, when oh. he, it was the when he went like fifteen and one with the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, that like I was like, oh Ben Roethlisberger, I was like watching, I was like the Steelers and they had Jerome Bettis still. And I remember watching Jerome Bettis growing up being like, this guy's cool. Cause he's really big. You know, he stands out like he's a different kind of running yeah, back, man. you know? So the Steelers have always been a team when I was younger, I was like, man, I really, and I used to have a lot more, uh, gear and stuff. I don't have like now, but I used to like, I was a huge like Steelers fan. Uh, and I still watch football. I just got emotionally attached, I think, a little too much. And I just kind of, like, had to, like, kind of distance myself from it because I was getting – I would just, like <laughs> – I'd be the guy at the oh, yeah. bar. You're just telling like... me. You're telling me, man. I'm a Falcons fan. Do you understand what the Super Bowl did to me? Oh, God. Don't laugh. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to Don't laugh, laugh because I'm just, like – I'm laugh, just realizing I've never thought of it that way because I, I've not – like, yeah. I've never thought of it that way until just now. I, like – the greatest part, this is the thing, this is, and all my friends will tell you this, my, my Super Bowl story, I'll tell you this, and I'll tell you my opinion, on, since we're going to talk sports a little bit, and then maybe we'll move to okay. comedy. <laughs> so, um, on the Super Bowl, I was at, um, I was at the place I was staying, uh, a friend of mine, uh, it was him, he and his uh, now wife's place, uh, and a friend of ours uh, was also staying there, because it's a big, bigger mm-hmm. place, so there's basically three of us in the house. And, and it was one of those houses, very open, you know, they're very inviting, you know, um, very like a uh, great, great, uh, um, for having house guests and stuff. These people were just awesome. So we have this great Super Bowl party and of course the Falcons go up and I'm just sitting there watching and everyone's like, Oh, Falcons, 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 you guys are beating the Patriots. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, halftime, you know, I'm sitting there like third quarter, the leads up and everyone's going, Oh, you're Falcons. And I'm just sitting there like, hold up, man. That's Tom Brady right there. Yeah, you know? this is a lot of. Yeah, lot you of you are fully aware. You're like, I am not going to celebrate yet. <laughs> and the only thing that I said the whole time is, I'm getting text messages from my friends that live out of town who are hammered, and they're going, "Oh, Falcons, Falcons!" And I just said, "At least we proved we belong to be here." That's the only thing I said when we were oh, up nice. twenty, okay, you know, yeah. twenty-eight to three. I said, "At least we, I proved we belong to be here." Now, when they got the sack fumble, I knew it was over. 
And that's when they like, you know, I was, I was like, I knew already. I was like, the rest of it was already played out. They didn't have to get the over. Yeah. I knew the rest was coming already. Um, and I blame Matt Ryan 100% for that Super Bowl because people don't remember the first year with Kyle Shanahan, the year before, he was okay. Mm-hmm. The second year, he's MVP. We go to the Super Bowl, one of the best offenses, you know, the best offense of that year. Julio's going crazy. They said the difference that season was that Matt Ryan had the ability to call audibles at the line, read the defense, do whatever he needed to, and control the game a la Peyton Manning, right? So when you get a pass play, you say, sure, Kyle Shanahan, you throw him the bird, and you run the ball three times, and you win the Super Bowl. You don't drop back just because Kyle Shanahan calls the plays. You got to be the MVP and, you know, the the Brady moment, the Breeze moment, the – Mahomes, these yeah. guys make those plays, and he didn't do it uh, with that lead. So I blame Matt Ryan a thousand percent, a thousand, all of it, not even a little bit to anybody else. Would you? Move would you blame guy. if in that instance? Would you say that you also blame Russell Wilson for the slant route? Um, I, I and not I calling it and not audible to Marshawn. I, I do and I don't because there was a lot of good point made about that. Marshawn didn't have a lot of success from the one-yard line yeah. there. But to me, I mean, yes and no. I think he threw a bad pass, too. True. So, it I was mean, behind. I, blame him but, more. I mean, yeah. Uh, they made a great play. That's a tough one. I, I don't blame Russ as much for one play as I blame Matt Ryan for having an entire quarter to yeah. do that, you know? Like, he had so much time. That that was a, that was one play. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, dude. I, oh, the only, I just want to talk about one more thing, and it is the mm-hmm. uh, it is the uh, the amount of <laughs> the amount of shit that I got <laughs> when I was like thir- I was seventh grade when the Steelers played the Seahawks. And, oh yeah, uh, Big Ben, the the <laughs> the push. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. I, I I think it was like four years before people stopped giving me crap about that. Like. I wore I wore my stuff I wore my stuff the next day too like a like a like I I, I almost got my ass beat like six times. No, I mean I, under, I dude, had the, teachers the, the, telling me one, like you shouldn't do that. Like oh, <laughs> my my I, I always got it the worst way, man. Because after the Braves won their first World Series, that was in seventh grade. I changed schools in eighth grade, right? Mm-hmm. Brand new middle school, new kid. You know, no, don't know anybody. I'm a Braves fan. Nobody likes that, you know. And so, so everybody's rooting for the Yankees except me. Like they're not Yankees fans, but everybody's rooting for the Yankees this next year. And the Braves actually go up two to nothing in that World Series. Andrew Jones becomes the youngest player to hit a home run in a World Series game. Hits two in this first World mm-hmm. Series game. We're in Yankee Stadium, and we win both games. I believe by double digits or close to it. We put up double digits in both games. Smash the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Go back to Atlanta. I couldn't be happier. I'm I'm tap dancing on all my friends. We lose literally lose four straight games, uh, and and like reverse the scores. They beat a, they beat our ass every time. Jim mm-hmm. Layritz did hit a walk off that I'll never forget. Um, so I have as an Atlanta sports fan, I have heartbreak in all the sports. Plenty, plenty. You ever get to go like to a Braves game or to like to a Falcons game or to a Hawks game, like uh, uh, like I- they come to. Is you are you from like you're from California, right? No. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm from this area. My um, uh, I I was born in like Mountain View, okay. I think Kaiser, somewhere in Mountain View. I think that's right, Sunny Mountain. Nice. 
somewhere around here. <laughs> they ever come over here? You uh, ever get to go to like uh, like the away game? They come over here and you watch. I go here a lot. Um, I I went to a Braves game every year in San Francisco. I'd say maybe all every year of my life that I can remember, minus maybe one oh, that's or two. Really cool, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, and then almost every almost every Falcons game that has been played in San Francisco, I'd say for at least the last 15 years, I've gone to all but maybe one. Um, I was the last game at Candlestick was versus the Falcons. I was there. Heartbreak moment for me, Navarro Bowman getting the interception uh, and running down the sideline. My seat. I was looking Navarro Bowman in the eye as he ran no, down the no sideline way. right at me to, to to beat the Falcons. Yeah, <laughs> oh, really? it was like it, it was it, it was like, but but in in a, a small piece of me was like, awesome. This is the last game at Candlestick. I believe the Falcons were in the playoffs. The Niners weren't. It didn't change. Yeah. Like it sucked for us, but it wasn't bad. And then the game was over, and I'm in San Francisco, and they're playing. Uh, Boys to Men literally show up and sing "End of the Road," and people are just hugging and crying. It was like, it was the last game at the stick, and it was uh, it was against the Falcons. Like I couldn't ask for yeah, anything really like, cooler. Yeah, that's really crazy. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool, dude. I think my best moment though was Chipper Jones' last game in San Francisco. Um, he pinch hit in like the seventh inning. He didn't start, and when he came on to pinch hit, literally everybody on their feet uh, in in uh, San Francisco like had to stop the game for thirty seconds. I was so impressed with, with the San Francisco Giants fans and how they treated Chipper Jones on his way out. Nice. I like I, te- I I teared up. I was like I was dude, I was like, this is something else. And uh I was wearing a Braves jersey and that was the first time in San Francisco ever that wearing a Braves jersey they were like giving me knuckles on the way out. You yeah. know? People could people could see me with like t- like watery eyes and people like Giants fans just like Chippers man, bro. Like it was so cool, cool, dude. It was, yeah. So like, I've had great. You experiences. feel like you're a part of like a uh, the community finally or something like you know. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Super cool, man. I've I've been to um, one Falcons game in Atlanta, and I've been to the Braves stadium, uh, but they weren't they didn't make it back uh, in the playoffs, so I didn't get to watch a playoff game out there. But uh, I just no, and and plenty of Hawks games too. Um, especially against the Warriors, it's like the easiest tickets to get for the last until the last couple of years, like the last five years or so. My whole life watching Hawks Warriors, you're like so like excited seven, and like <laughs> oh, it, was, it was so easy, man. You know, people would do that. It's like people just like that had season tickets and be like, oh, you want the Hawks game? Have it. Like, hey, if I can That's take cool. it, here's the parking pass. Um, That's so cool. So, yeah, yeah, I've been uh, I've, I've been fortunate to see um, a, a lot of sports, but that was. That was a huge part of my, like I say, a huge part of my life. I'd say probably till like 30 hit and beer got serious and then comedy started taking, uh, like I say, about two years ago, obviously comedy started becoming really serious. So sports dialed back to quarantine, flipped back. Were you doing the, like the, before the two years ago, were you doing comedy? You were just kind of like doing it for fun or like when you say take it serious, like were you, were you kind of just kind of uh, just fucking with it and then you started taking it serious or? No, I, so I was a huge, I would say until September 29th of 2018, I had never done comedy, but I was a comedy historian like you wouldn't believe. And I can, I can quote a lot of, now I'd say historian, but I mean of my era. Like I don't go back like Lenny Bruce. Like I don't know much about even like Kennison, the end of Kennison. 
But if you tell me from Chris Rock until current, I probably have watched everything okay. of it. And so, but I did, um, I did speech and debate in high school. Nice. Um, and actually went and, and took sixth place in the state of California. And um, so I, I've been in front of people and I've spoken before. And I've, uh, I married, I married people. Um, I've, I'm ordained. Oh, nice. So, so I, you, I, you know, I, I, you've I, done the crowds, you've done the crowds thing was what you're saying. You've just been in front of crowds. I've been in front of people. Like I said, I've, I've hosted events um, as I, I was in the, um, the bar, beer, restaurant industry. And there was a lot of events that, you know, needed somebody to kind of MC the event. And that was me. And I, I always, he's like, wow, you're good at it. I'm like, I'm just talking, man. Yeah. No, it's not. Were you telling just any jokes then? Were you kind of just doing like the host thing? Were you doing like crowd work stuff or anything like that? Yeah. On accident? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't trying to. Like, I would just. You just didn't know what else like, to Like, there was a raffle. You just didn't know what else was, to do. There was do a raffle that we did, right? Right, right. Well, there was a raffle I was doing and. I'm in, I'm up in front of people and I'm just a fun, like I, I'm naturally want to like make people laugh and, you know, I'll talk to people. I was like, Oh, I'm going to pull a number. Oh, there's somebody here from this brewery. Like th- there's a brewery called Hermitage in San Jose. Right. Mm. But for the longest time, people said Hermitage or Hermitage. No one knows what it's called. So I had the rep from Her- Hermitage, Hermitage, whatever at this party. And so there's 50 people in there all in the beer industry. And so I say, Hey, Peter, you're for, you're from that brewery. Can you tell us is it Hermitage or Hermitage? And he just goes yes. And I just and I just like <laughs> make a funny face. I'm like, well, fucking there you go. And and so stuff like that, like people are just lobbing me stuff or even making a joke or a punchline for me. Um, but I I always had this inkling like I could do it. Um, but do you know Avery Harmon? No. So he's really funny comedian. Um, so, uh, really, really cool guy uh, from Chicago. Um, he, to circle back, so being in the beer industry, um, ended up at Santa Clara Valley Brewing in San Jose a couple of years ago. And this guy would come in all the time. This just cool, charismatic black dude, just, he'd come in and compliment you. Like, he'd be like, hey, how you doing, man? He's like, that's a really nice hat. You're like, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And he's like, hey, yeah, you're looking good today. And then he'd move on and, he, he he just talked to everybody in the room and it was like so cool and, and so polite and we became friends like immediately. I was just like, who are you? He's like, I'm Avery. I was like, I'm BMO. Nice to meet you. And uh, after like three, four visits, I'm like, what do you do, man? Like, what? You know, like, yeah. I got to know what your thing is. And he's like, well, I, I, I teach and I coach basketball, but I'm, I'm a comedian. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to do that. Like, blah, 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 blah. We just become friends and he looked at me one day and he was like, dude, you should do it. He's like, you should absolutely do it. And um, the owner of the brewery, um, his name was Tom Clark. It, his name is Tom Clark. He said when he tried to buy TomClark.com, it was owned by a comedian named Tom Clark. And they ended up becoming friends on Facebook, yeah. right? Well, this was like, a, like a, you know, years and years ago. Now this guy's got an Amazon special. Right. And he's like, well, I'm friends with him. Maybe he'll come and do a show and you guys, you know, you and Avery can do it. And so he reaches out. He was willing to bankroll, you know, the, the getting this comic up from L.A. and putting him up. I hosted never doing comedy before. Um, 
and then this guy Tom Clark, his wife Stephanie Clark's also a very talented comedian. She came up and and performed as well. And Avery was on the lineup, and I uh, hosted for my very first set ever, and I was terrible, uh, absolutely terrible. Um, but then uh, fast forward. Two months later, I never do a set again. I book some friends of Steph and Tom Clark, uh, who are some LA comics. Um, Melissa McQueen is uh, and Christina Walkinshaw. They come up. Two months later, and I murdered. I absolutely destroyed, nice. um, and came off and talked to Avery and Tyler Standard uh, was also McQueen. there, and they were like, "What? Like what? What was that?" And I really just like I had tighter stuff, and I had good crowd work. And I was just myself. And then I was like, wow, I think I probably should get into this. And then that was in um, late November of uh, 2018. Cool. But that's that's when I went after it. That's when uh, I started having the Locals Only show. That's when Ruben came and brought Pick Your Poison um, to Santa Clara Valley Brewing. That's when I started hitting mics. Um, but then it just kept booking more and more comics. And that's when we got Dean Del Rey and then Ian Edwards came. Um, so cool, dude. Uh, <laughs> Frank, yeah. Frank, Frank Castillo, Frank Castillo. He did a week. He did a Friday and a Saturday. That was so cool. Um, this guy JC Carace, who's on like a Disney Channel show now, uh, did a great show. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna forget somebody, but uh, yeah, I, I, it was just weird because I went from like no one having it. I went from zero to people then like hitting me up and like asking me to be on shows. Mm-hmm. Not me to be on shows, but hey, can I get on your show? Can I get on your show? Can I get on your show? And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, why, why isn't everybody just do this? <laughs> you know, like. Um, yeah, it's a weird feeling to go yeah. from, yeah, because all of a sudden you have this thing and people are like, oh, wow, this show is, this show is dope. I want to do, do that. Like, <laughs> and I like, I don't know. I think I remember talking to you too about this. I, I kind of feel sometimes, I, don't, I feel weird sometimes about asking to do shows. It's like, it's like, oh, dude, don't get me yeah, started, man. It's, it's that's weird. That's, that's a, a whole different thing. But like, I remember talking to you about that a little bit. What time we were, but we like felt that we vibed the same way. It was like, it's like we both were like, okay, yeah, that, that like. So you know, you know, it's funny you should say that. So I saw you two two weeks ago at the show, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and then obviously I did the show last Friday. Oh yeah, the drive. That Santa is the- Cruz, yeah. Santa Cruz, right? So that is the very first time I've asked to be on a show. Oh, nice. Well, actually, that's not true. That's not true. I asked one time. I asked Ryan Goodcase one time because I wanted to promote um, the Ian Edwards show. I was, like, scared because ticket sales weren't where I wanted it to be. So there was, a like, a Thursday show, I believe. or Yeah, Thursday show before the Saturday show. So I was like, dude, can I just get on and promo a little bit? And then, funny enough, Ian Edwards' special on Comedy Central came out Friday, and then the tickets sold out almost instantly nice. after it. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I, I don't ask because I didn't. So this is what was going on. So I, ha- I worked at the brewery, right? Yeah. And I, I did the big the, the feature show, which would get comics that were like bigger names, and I couldn't really put anybody on the rest of it because they either had somebody that wanted to come with them. Or I was paying back favors to Avery, Tyler, Superstacked. You know, those guys were getting those spots because they had supported me from day yeah. one. So I was giving that to them no matter mm-hmm. what. So I didn't have spots. Yeah. And then people are like, well, you have locals only at your brewery. I'm like, Tyler runs that show. It's just at my. Bre- it's just at the brewery that I yeah. run. And then 
They're like, oh, but pick your poison. I'm like, Rube, that's Ruben's show. He books pick your yeah. poison. Like, it's all happening under my roof. But so I didn't want to ask when people would be like, well, then can I be on your show? Give them that line of like, I mean, it's all true. But can you imagine if someone's like, hey, can I get on one of your shows? And then I just feed them that avalanche of shit. Yeah. Like, oh, well, Ruben does this one and Tyler does this one. And then on the other show, I really like, OK, cool. You could just say no and fuck yeah. off. But that was that that would have that would have been disingenuous it was actually mm-hmm. true no yeah. I, I i i understand that cuz like when i was doing the the bricks and beer show i was like booking it like a, a couple months in advance sometimes to try and get be able to promo you know like end of the month every you know right. try to have like a whole big rollout of like here's this next month's show here's who's here and try to do a thing with right. it and i remember people hitting me up and being like oh yeah like uh, i got spots this month and they're like what They'd look at me, and some people would just be like, "What?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." I mean, I'm sorry, dude. Pick your poison. Like, pick your poisons like yeah. that. It's so. It's just it when you so have funny. a thing that has the like when you have something that's going well, and you're trying to build it, you're like, you, the people that you're trying to pull, they have a, they have a, they already have like a, a schedule. You know, that's what you kind of learn. It's like people that if you want to get like a right. good comedian to come do your show, uh, or like a a bigger comedian to do your show, like they are probably have shows already lined up for, you know, ideal days yeah. like Fridays or Saturdays. Uh went but I mean right. at least before COVID. So it was like, yeah, you had to you had to just like kind of plan that. And I I started to learn that, you know, as like when you start doing this, you don't know that at all. You just like only know well, a few people and you're like, okay, you know, that's I guess this is going now and then yeah, once you start to build it up, you're like you realize how big the network is like that. Like what the, like the right. last, like the last mic app for Scotty was like, was like eye opening as fuck to me. It was just like, uh huh. it was like all you guys do open mics. Like, yeah. Holy oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. Grind. Like, Grinding. holy shit. Like all of everybody yeah. does. Like I was just like walking yeah. around like, I don't know. I know like half these people like I like I know you from the internet type thing like you know like like <laughs> uh, that, that is I have to say like I I hope I hope this doesn't like put a blemish on it but that is kind of one of my lines like because I meet a lot of comics like I I see them in my suggested friends or or some people we just like become friends because like of like bacon you know or I like, like kind of bacon or or like people will just see me see mutual friends and and some comics are forward enough to just friend request on Facebook and and it's really weird like the the dichotomy of like who I accept and don't accept you know as friends I guess but that's um, yeah that that <laughs> yeah that's it, like it, a whole I think it's something that I, you, you navigate as you it's so weird yeah like I, like just the the discovery of this like scene and these people and this network and this thing just it's I'll, I'll say this though i say this i mean if i could give if if a lot of people if if i've done anything i'm my comedic accomplishments for someone that's been in it for two years as a comedian are fine there i think they're you know there's a lot of people that have done um, more in two years i think there's plenty of plenty of people that have done less you know I'm, I'm proud of what i've done in two years as a comic but as a producer and as like a putting shows together i'm very proud of like my two years and what i've done and i if i could give anybody advice it's like shoot a lot higher and like 
put a little bit of money, like throw the risk in there with the money because there's comics that are performing at the comedy store. They're paid regulars at the comedy store that are not as expensive as you think. Mm -hmm. Like, like if, if you, if you just say, what's your number to come up here and do a show, they tell you what it is. You make sure that's everything. Like make sure that they don't want an Uber from the airport or they don't need any extras, right? Get it in and then just find out how many tickets you need, back it up and then tell the other comics on the show. Like, look, I, I had to pay the headliner. You get to work with said headliner except that is like I what do you, I'm not making anything like I would tell the comics when I would run those shows I didn't take a dollar not one penny and and if there was money made the brewery made it I took my salary from the brewery and just said that's me getting paid yeah. right like I am getting paid to be here cuz I this is my job mm-hmm. but when I performed as a comic I didn't take that I left whatever was in there for the comics but people they sh- like I remember in the beginning saying, I want to shoot this high. And then when I started doing the local shows, like you realize you have to shoot higher and give a higher product because people are already doing showcases. People are already doing open mics. Yeah. People, like they, they already get the regular comedy for free mm-hmm. five, six, seven nights a week. So if you're going to do a show, do a fucking show. Yeah, true. You know, like, um, true, man. And that's, that's why me, me and Ruben got together for Pick Your Poison was because of that. Because like, it was different. You guys kind of it was different, and then I I really I think the idea is so cool. Like uh, all the clips I've seen, I, uh, and like the just the whole like like when Ruben was on, he kind of explained it to me, like how the show goes, and I like this. Yeah. I think it's like such a unique show. Like yeah, just the just based on the you know like and, and then you guys had good comics in there too. Like I'd always see the lineup, and be like, oh, it looks awesome. Like and then you know. I wonder how those people did, you know, in the scenarios, like, and just like, right. and because it's not the, it's not the traditional thing, you know, there's probably, yeah, you're probably you thinking mean, of so many ideas. Oh yeah. God, so many dude. things. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> there's so many comics like, so, okay. First brief background for this episode, cause I know Ruben was already on probably get it, but so pick your poison before it even was a thing. Uh, I'd done two locals only with Tyler at the brewery. And I think, the, the Tom Clark and then the Melissa McQueen show. So basically four shows had happened. Ruben was on the second locals only himself. And he comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I want to throw a show here. And I've got this idea. And I'm like, talk to me another time, come to the brewery when I'm, you know, during the day. But I'm going to tell you right now, like I'm not running a showcase and I'm not running like a feat, like a feature show, like a, a regular thing. I've got those locked up. Mm-hmm. I already knew that, running a locals only and that other show was my bandwidth for attention span for my audience Mm -hmm. like if i did another show like that i'd lose i'd just spread it out right so he comes to me the next day and he's like i got the show pick your poison it's a prompt show we give them envelopes they pull the topics out Uh, you know he breaks it down for me and it's like i want to do it on tuesday night once a month or maybe if it works out and i'm like okay how much do you want to charge for tickets and Rubens, I could see his whole stomach and face and demeanor just sink to the ground because he was like, we can't charge for comedy. Like, he didn't say it with his mouth, but it, he, like, exuded it, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, I'm not doing this unless we charge because people need to, if they buy a ticket, they'll commit and they'll show. 
and we're giving them something different. And this is how we're going to pay the comics to make sure we pay the comics. And and we had like, you know, I had some caveats in my head, but I needed him to sell tickets because I couldn't pay the comics, and that's how we were going to mm-hmm. do it. I wasn't getting a budget from the brewery. It had to pay for itself. And if it did, they didn't care what we did, yeah. right? So, and Tuesday nights were shit for the bar, so it was extra. So the first one went crazy. We sold out. He's like, we should do this again. And I'm like, we should make this a season because we had a winner. And it was Zach Lord. He, he won the oh, very nice. first one. <laughs> and so we're like, we got to keep going with this. And so he was the he is pick your poison for season one. And I'm just the guy that runs the bar trying to like navigate with him on how it was going to work out for me. But by the end of the season, Ruben kind of was like, hey, I, what, you want to do this with me or what? And so, I, of course, I wanted to. But then season two came around, and I knew that the brewery that we were at was not going to be there for the rest of what season two would need. Uh, I wasn't able to tell Ruben that, but I was like, hey, we got to move it. And he was like, why? <laughs> so then it went to clandestine. That's when it became our show. The names kept getting, you know, kept staying at a level that was incredible and people that wanted to do it kept hitting us up and having to say like look i'm sorry my list is literally 115 comics long right now i don't know what to tell you like (laughs) i i and and i'm not even exaggerating that number and so then COVID hits and we take it online and the names just turn into you know obviously different comics at crazy levels of doing Zoom shows and stuff now, so we were able to get a bunch of crazy comics for that. But um, what what a ride! Two, three seasons. Yeah, so now it's on two breweries, one Zoom. I was gonna say, yeah, the Zoom. Like, yeah. how is the? Are you guys? Are you guys like? How is it? It's it's a different thing now, right? It's called Home Remedy now, I think. Right? Is the so there's there's Pick Your Poison, and then that was just the show, and now Pick Your Poison colon. Home Remedy was the was the Zoom version. It's slightly different in that we don't um, obviously we can't have them pick envelopes. So we create envelopes ahead of time. We randomize who gets what, but then like they don't pick, and then we feed them the prompts through the chat. Okay. Other than that, it's the same show. Um, but uh, and we didn't have it this year as it. We had a season, which we ended. Um, uh, two weeks ago, uh, but we didn't make a finals like we did in the regular uh, season because the comics that we had, some of them we knew we wouldn't be able to get them back if we had a championship. So we didn't want to have a lot of people win and then not be there for for that. If you know, yeah. so we didn't want a bunch of second place. So we just did it and we completed it. And now, Ruben and I are going to do a. Um, I don't want to call it a podcast, more like a talk on on uh, Fridays where we talk about Zoom comedy and entertainment and try to get feedback from uh, anybody that jumps in to the Zoom room, uh, comedians, guests. And we want to make uh, Home Remedy 2.0 even better because every season that we've done it, we had to do it different and make it better. And we we don't want to stay stagnant. Okay. So we're going to bring it back. But the, the relationships that we've made in the meantime... Um, the online Zoom version can continue because, you know, I'd say we did six of them. Two of them were absolute smash hits. Um, one of them was really, really good. And then I say there was three that was like a good audience, not anything just to be disappointed about. Um, but 
I think a lot of it had to do with promotion rather than like quality of comedian or mm-hmm. everything was just life life happened and Ruben and I couldn't press as much and when we didn't we didn't get the turnout on the on the three that we paid attention we got a, yeah. we got a lot of you know we got a lot <laughs> of people yeah. so. uh... but we we made sure that all the comics made um you know made around the same amount you know we Ruben and I made sure to be the equalizers when when things went poorly so um oh, yeah dude but yeah we're we're, we're excited for the next season of that whenever we can get it together yeah that's and i like how you guys are trying to you know like you said you're trying to make it different add to it and not stay stagnant um i think that's cool when you're doing something like that that is a season thing it is very unique like it, there's nothing else like it you know like that it's it stands out it's a it's a really cool like idea yeah and i just when you laughed about you know just i can't imagine all of the you know the randomness that happens during that show it's just so much like yeah, it's probably just a lot of crazy improv and, and awesome stuff. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. There's there's comics that won that that didn't win, if you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Like, there's comics that won because they brought people. Um, there's there's comics that won because of one joke. You know, they they knocked one thing out that was super memorable, and and they and they wrote it right. Mm-hmm. You know, so Zach Lord he won the first one, right? The very first, the two top first two topics he got. The first topic was the effects of eating glue. And his response to that was, you only have to shit once. <laughs> and everybody loses it, right? And then he does a couple more things on it. He passes on. The next topic is vegan barbecue restaurant. And he goes, you only have to shit no, nice. once. And just, and then he goes, he's like, he's like, and that'll be the best joke of the night. And then he, and he goes on and he won because of that. And, and, there, there was other situations too where comics that I think, a comic that I thought was hands down the best comic in the room and was going to smash, did absolutely horrible, and then came off stage and kind of was like, energy was bad about it, didn't necessarily take it well, and and it's it's tough, it's really hard, and it can be the moral. There's a, Ruben and I have said we wouldn't book ourselves. <laughs> I don't. I I wouldn't. I would never book me to do the show. I'm not good enough for that. I would get destroyed. It is so hard so hard and so when people kill it i'm like ruben and i just sit there like with our jaws out because yeah, it's like magic we write we write the topics we've have all day we jibber jabber about these topics and we've still like not written a joke as good as things that like rick storer did when he was there rick storer probably told four or five jokes that i couldn't write if i, I could never i don't think i could ever write a joke that good you know and mm-hmm. he just off the dome it like, on, yeah, on one topic. I'm like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. So Isn't that the dude, that's such so, a funny that's such a fucked feeling too when you uh you just see yeah, somebody just comes up with something on the spot and you're like oh, like fuck, like I'm just like how is that yeah. possible? How do you do that? Like <laughs> I, I watched Mark Smalls do I watched Mark Smalls do that at, at the S P two show. He did he did some off the cuff stuff and he came up with a pun just on accident and the if it wasn't on accident how he handled it was just so I was like I I quit I just want to quit <laughs> like I'm never I'm I'm gonna be a producer you know what I see performances like that and I was like you're meant to produce shows <laughs> fucking give away give away all your all your dick jokes to somebody else and just just produce shows that's it I give Here's up my dick I mean jokes. I don't it's just but... like napkins and paper and you're like here you go so here here. <laughs> Look, I've been doing the same same ten minutes for eighteen months. If you don't know my joke by now to steal it, you don't deserve it. 
<laughs> if you don't know, if you if you invite me to a gender reveal party at this point, I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> um, how was your? How did you? Uh, how was your uh, time at the Santa Cruz show last week? Did you? Did you? enjoy it would you have a good time did you I, did it well how was the light flashing was it like distracting so okay smartest thing i did was go the week before yeah um to to get a feel for it because one thing i noticed people um either didn't do enough or weren't comfortable doing or uh, at least you mentioned feedback wise was interact with the cars so to speak so I came out ready to interact with the cars. So I came out hot. I mean, I came out yelling. I was like, what's up, everybody? How you doing tonight? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, fucking, a th- it was like BTV. Like, what's up, everybody? You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. It was legit, like, that energy. And so right away, I was like, give me some flashes. Come on, man. Fucking, you know, so people were flashing me. And so I got people going early. And then I, like, a couple of times just had to stop because I had nowhere to go. I was like, all right, I'm just going to hang out for a second and then jibber jab. Okay, all right, let's start the next joke. And I, I spent my last 30 seconds just plugging the at spatula to get the money, you know, because I, I I didn't have anything else. I'd finished my closer, but I, I had two angles of recording. So my fiance, I love her to death, recorded from inside the car. Oh, nice. So I got the audio and got to hear people respond that way. And then lovely guy Darren, Darren Busing sat in the front row and recorded it and I got like the people laughing and a better flashpoint cuz they were much closer. Yeah. Um but man, I went I went really fast. Like okay. I didn't think I was going fast, but I was going pretty fast. <laughs> um you just excited or was it like just the Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel rushed, but in looking at it, I was just like you could have got another minute out of this and you wouldn't have needed all the extra if you just... Just chilled? Just chilled, <laughs> man. Just chilled. But I was... <laughs> but I, I came out just hot and I just rode that momentum. And, uh, <laughs> I, I did a, a couple of times. Like, you got your hands oh, out? Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was spazzing. I was spazzing. Um, but I, I did... I, um, I honestly feel like if you haven't seen me before... My generic five, six minutes, especially if you're a little bit, if you're an older couple that, that's, that's kind of like liberal a little bit with comedy, you're going to love all the self-deprecating small penis jokes because I have new ones that you haven't heard before. <laughs> um, I know it's, it seems impossible to come up with more small penis material that's it's just been beaten into the ground, but I do have some clever ones that's, that's fun for all ages. <laughs> um <laughs> So I, I I like kind of that. And, and the flashing lights, I loved every second of it. Like, to me, that was getting it. But there was a lot of people sitting in their um, truck beds. So I, I got a lot of actual oh, cool. laughter, yeah. too. I noticed and, that last time. Yeah, there were some people sitting in the like, in kind of in chairs there. And that was yeah. that was cool because it was like the first time I'm like, wow, I'm holding a microphone and there's other faces. It's like, yeah, oh, this is like <laughs> just yeah. to be. Well, and the one thing. Like, the one thing I did, too, is I set them up like I would a regular crowd, right? So I was like, oh, okay, anybody, um, let me, I need some help here. Like, flash your lights. Um, anybody know uh, the worst part about having a small dick? And and then I was like, oh, funny, nobody flashed their lights for that. And, and that, like, then the lights just started going crazy because just the call to, like, when you normally would say clap, I would just say flash your lights. Yeah. And so I had a lot of that. And I think, I don't That's think, smart. I was definitely, I'll say this. 
I was the worst comedian material wise that night. I a hundred percent. Like if you objectively watched it, yeah. right, you would say everyone else was better material wise. But I, I think I I got them more because I was more in the moment. It was more for them at that point and um but it was it was terrible because they because I had more friends come they made me feature because <laughs> I had like more, and they were like well you know it's smart because if you have more people you want them to stay yeah. and stay engaged right but then I was like crap I have to follow all of them yeah like every everyone it just got worse and I was like god damn it like <laughs> and uh, like they just kept getting better and I was like um you guys know who you got right <laughs> um that's I was like, oh, you should have, you should have just put me first before my friends got there. Uh, it would have been smart, and just tell me, yeah, he's last. And then when the show's over, be like, oh, we forgot. Sorry, <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, we, oh, my bad. Yeah, you guys just want to like, you just want to do it for your friends, real quick. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, the last car left. Bimo, yeah, go, yeah, ahead. Yeah. go ahead, go ahead, do your five, dude. You, I mean, you did get Jim to come out and take pictures for you, so we'll let him stand <laughs> on the like, stage. You know what? You could just record it, and then you could send it to us, and we'll just listen to it in our cars on the way home, dude. <laughs> that, that's perfect. You know, if you stay on 107.7, trust me, it'll... Yeah. You just drive, and you'll hear me for, like, a little bit. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that would have been so funny. Just, all right. <laughs> hey, so... uh Driving out of parking garages sucks, it's huh? Just, yeah, you know, you're like, like you... uh, so heavy. <laughs> yeah, just like fucking yeah. static. <laughs> Next thing you know, if I can take me home tonight, this plan. <laughs> I don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, what was that show? Who's that comedy? I don't is care, he, man. I love this, this song, is bro. Is this Bima? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, he sings really well. I mean, I heard he sings at the end, but this is great. <laughs> I didn't know there was music, too. Wow. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's that's, that's the one thing every I didn't. Everyone always says, like, dude, I didn't know you were gonna sing. I was like, you can't count that as singing. What I, I my my singing at the end is not really a, a singing. It's, a, <laughs> it's just. It, yeah. You ever done like uh, karaoke? You ever you ever go and fuck around? No. Nah. Twice, nice. twice in my whole life, and I was smiggity smack <laughs> drunk both times. I think one of them might still be on Facebook. It was on my one of my birthdays when I was in Santa Monica. Dude, I'm deep dive, and and I sang. I'm link it to the episode. Uh, I'm gonna deep dive and find this, bro. <laughs> I don't care. If you, I don't care if you do. It'd be funny. I sing "I'll Make Love to You" by Boys to Men, and and I even preface it by being like, "This is for everybody who's in love tonight." Or anybody wants to fuck tonight. <laughs> and I'm just like hammered. And I just sing this. And it's so horrible. And I do this thing with my elbows. Like the whole time. I'm like. Eh, Are you like eh, holding the mic like that? Eh. And you're just. Yeah, dude. And, and I'm doing like this. Um, it looks like the thigh master move with my elbows. Okay, you're like doing it's, some it's, chicken I don't know wing what it shit. Is. I don't even know. What... Yeah, I don't know what the hell I was doing. I were was, you, was there a mic stand? Uh, were you like leaning on the mic stand? Or were you just holding? I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. I was say, that might make that more part. sense I... if you're like, you know, if you're leaning the mic stand and that's all, that's like the only dance you could do is like the elbow I shake. Was... <laughs> oh, I, c- I could have done other things. I could have done other things. I just chose not to. It was a bad, it was... watching that video the next day, only good that came from it is um, I went down there with a restaurant group and I was the manager and I was kind of the uptight, like rules guy. Yeah. <laughs> Me. Can you imagine that? Uh, and so... 
they didn't ever see me like be a person and uh they only saw me as like a, a manager type so that night that was my birthday they saw me like let loose and sing it they were like oh okay he's all right he's, he's a dick at work but you know you'll you, get down afterwards right. <laughs> hell yeah uh dude like i a couple weeks ago i saw this pop up on instagram you you popped this beer up that had this like cartoon little, <laughs> oh yeah it's got a cartoon bemo on it and that's, yeah, it does. dude, that is so cool. And what the wild and hazy kid, right? That's what it's called. That's what it's called from narrative fermentations. That's, uh, so Santa Clara Valley brewing closed, um, officially December 28th, the best show ever, by the way. Uh, I'll have to tell you about that one. Uh, maybe if we have time or maybe just off, off mm-hmm. camera, I'll tell you about that show. That was insane. Um, People were literally trying to break through the roof to get back into the show. Um, <laughs> so that place closed, and uh, during the sale, um, I actually knew the people that were interested in buying, so that now Santa Clara Valley Brewing has become Narrative Fermentations, brand new owners, um, brand new everything except me, pretty much. Um, so um, the Wild and Hazy Kid stems from wild and hazy kids uh which is wild and crazy kids it was a show on nickelodeon when i was young uh it it was a comp it was like a team competition thing but it was all like camp games it was like outdoor sports and like pool things you know like run across the pool shirts and shit yep the blue team right like you just pulled something straight out of my like (laughs) so now 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 look at the label now look at the label again the wild and hazy kid and look at the wild and crazy kids logo and you'll go right back uh to it so so mine that was one of my names and they asked if they could use wild and hazy kids and then they said well i have that cartoon didn't start here it started with my bacon uh thing uh, bmo bacon um had I asked my cousin to make like a 1940s cartoon version of my face for this bacon thing that I was okay. doing. I'm like, well, we could use your face for that and call it Wild and Hazy Kid. And in essence, it was their way of being like, hey, BMO, is it really important to us? Like they wanted to send a message to me, but also to the beer universe. Like, hey, he's because, you know, it's tough to give me the position that they, they want to give me right now because I can only really do so much when you can't be open, right? We, we can't be open. We can only sell beer to go and produce. So yeah. they wanted to like, basically like, look, we want to send a message that BMO's like a part of the team and he's important. So this is, this is how they did it. And it was in the post too. Like, you know, if you've come to the brewery, you've seen BMO and we, this is like our way of, of saying, you know, he, you should know who he is too. And it's weird, man. It's really weird. Uh, <laughs> Because I want to like brag about it in some ways, but uh, you know I want to be humble in another because it's not really an accomplishment. It's just kind of a thing that happened. Um, it's, but I am proud because it is somewhat representative of my time in beer. I'm like 10 years in beer now. So to get something like that, that I didn't do myself, that I didn't say, hey, I want this, put my, you know, it was something that kind of came to me. So I do feel like I earned it and... It, but nonetheless, it's not like I won an Oscar or something, and and the beer's not going to be made again. It's it's a one time mm-hmm. beer, so um, no, it's it's just uh, cool though. But, that, like that's yeah, it's just uh, be like to just be like, hey, dude, that's me, you know, on this 
on this label yeah. of beer. Like, that's pretty fucking cool, dude. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, and, uh, <clears throat> it's a really cool design. And, like, I mean, yeah, it's got to feel good after working in beer for that long to have, like, your, to have, to be on a beer can. Like, that's yeah. like some, that's it's, some, like, fucking, like, uh, I don't even know. You know what it's like? Okay, this is, this is, it's the poorest of man's version of this, okay? And I'm not trying to put myself in this kind of category. So if anybody watches this, wants to judge me, please don't. But it's almost like getting your signature on at the store. Like, when you get to be a paid regular at the comedy store, you put your signature up uh, somewhere on their walls. Like, if you go to the comedy store, you'll see. So, like, when Frank Castillo passed as a regular, they put his, his like, painted signature up. Uh-huh. So... In a way, getting a beer cemented like that, it's like, okay, well, your signature's up on the wall now. Like, now you, you did make it. Like, there's a, an element of, of like, history in, in it to where, like, okay, you'll always have that beer. You can never take that yeah. away from me. If you get your name up, like, you, you can't take your name off. It, it's just there. I mean, well, they might. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on what and you That do. makes total <laughs> sense, though, dude. I understand what you're saying. And, and, and I think yeah. that's... That's really that's really cool, and to to especially yeah to be to be working in that that industry as well to just have that be you know because there's probably you know famous people that don't they don't work in like an industry say or, or like they don't bottle like a salad dressing they didn't work in the salad dressing industry but then they get their face slapped right. on their fucking salad dressing it doesn't really right, doesn't really right, translate right. the same I bet. As like, you know, just having dealt with, worked with, you see, you know, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's probably a different thing. I mean, than just to be like a, well, it, to just be like a fucking representative, you know like to be like a subway guy, to be like, Hey, I'm this athlete, right. I'm I'm this athlete, you know, it's like a different thing. It, it is, man. And I think what, what I love about it is what brought me into beer originally was cool labels. And like funny names and good marketing because I could appreciate it. I was a marketing student, mm-hmm. and and if it, it had a clever name and a funny story on there, I bought into it. And so, to now have a cool can with good art, like in a name that I created, that's a pun from a show that I watched as a kid. Like, there's just so many layers mm-hmm. to the can that um, if it does, it feels really good. And um, honestly, I this sounds really weird, but I just. A piece of me just can't wait. Can't I can't wait till it's all sold out. I just want it to go. I just want it to go away. <laughs> like it. It, uh, it is nice though. The biggest. I think the biggest um, happiness I get from it is people that haven't seen me in a million years, like tagging me on social media or, or reaching out, sending me pictures of it, going, "Dude, what the hell?" And I have to be like, "Hey, I don't have your number, but <laughs> thank yeah, you." <laughs> and they're like, "It's cool." Um, so it, there's actually a couple friendships where I feel like we, we're going to talk on the phone a little bit now because of, of that. And so if nothing else, I got two friends back, which That's is sick, dude. fucking awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, like in, yeah people um, are, you know, brings like a, a sense of community kind of uh, yeah. around. around. Well, and it's like somebody's like, it's somebody's proud of you, so they re- they have a reason to reach out, you know, mm-hmm. and and beer is an easy one like oh that's so cool and not feel corny or feel like because when people say something about comedy sometimes i'm like you've never been to a show so don't tell me i'm doing a great job if you've never heard a joke fucking spare me that shit Mm -hmm. and it's like oh but i I saw you did a show with this person this it's like so what how do you even know i did any good how do you know i don't just like 
walk up and go, hey, guys, uh, this is the first comic later. You don't know. Right? You don't even mm-hmm. go. So, um, But beer, like a beer coming out like that, anybody that's from, from current past or otherwise is like, oh, wow, that's so cool. That's yeah. like an easy avenue in. So, um, well, That's cool. Yeah, I guess you're saying yeah, it's man. more of like a yeah. tangible kind of you act a compliment than uh than just yeah somebody saying like oh sick i saw you did you're you're doing comedy it's like yeah yeah i <laughs> that makes that makes total sense like i've had I, okay so can i can i ask you a yeah. question can i ask you can i can i comedy go for it quite, so uh so you know one thing that like when i first started out Right, and I did those first couple shows. I didn't even know where I was starting out. I didn't realize how many steps ahead I jumped without even asking, right? Like going straight to hosting at that kind of caliber mm-hmm. comic. But, like, isn't it funny that as you go along, the next hurdle becomes less cool? Like, I remember the first thing when I started doing it, because I, I knew when I would do my own shows, no matter how, how big the comics I would book, I still didn't take any credit for that personally because I'm like, yeah, we're paying them, of course. I, I put myself on as a host, so I don't take those as credits. So my first goal was to get somebody to book me, right? So then Pete, Pete Munoz booked me, and I was like, okay, that's cool. Now I want to get booked at like this kind of level, or I want somebody else. And then now there's certain milestones where like I haven't done it yet, but like if I got a bringer show at Improv, right? All my friends that haven't gone to shows yet are going to be like, wow, you made it. You're up at improv. And I'm going to be like, bro, it's a bringer show. Like, you know, like literally if you're. Oh, I see what, you, you can, I see what you're saying, bro. Like, you know, like, but everyone's going to be like, that's so amazing. You're doing a bar show. And you're like, you're talking about, you're, you're talking flyer, about like the right? outside perspective of like your yeah. friends or something that aren't like involved in it and don't look. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Sorry, no, I couldn't. Good. I, couldn't, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Well. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. You're talking yeah. about like, yeah, you're talking about like the outside perspective, like friends and family, or yeah, and and like, uh, yeah, and they don't they see that, but you're yeah, that's because I, I. It's like they, they see you do a bar show, right? And you're like, oh, they see a flyer for a bar show, like, oh my gosh, you made it, and then you go do a bar show for six people, and you're like, did I? The yeah, <laughs> the, the like one of the things I think I can relate with that is like. Uh, doing like the new talent showcase at rooster tees and like being like at first i'm like oh this is going to be cool because it's the first time for me getting to perform in a club mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna like like I, th- I think i i i felt what you're talking about where like people like i had the thing on ig that everybody has you know you get the picture of you up on on the mm-hmm. stage because you got to because it's just it's how it works. Right, right, right. Yeah, you got it. Sure. So I have one. You post it up, one. and people we are like, "Where's that one. at?" And you tell them, and they're like, "Same." Yeah, they're like, Whoa. and you're like, "I mean, all you have to, you can go and do it." Like, right now, send, send an email. An email. It's it like is. it's like getting ordained. It's like getting ordained to marry people. People are like, "Wow!" I was like, "If you get your phone out, I can get you ordained in like five minutes, and you can marry anybody." You know, it's not really that cool. Funny enough, so I told everybody uh, about Roosters because I wanted to make a b- good impression. So there was 30 people in the audience for uh, Roosters when I went. 24 of them were guests of mine. So then, so then, so I'm making a good impression, yeah. right? They let me go last. They give me 10 minutes, and I'm and I'm, I'm basically the feature, right? And then I go up there and run the light by like two minutes. <laughs> Jeez. 
and, uh, and I just walk off stage, and a comic just goes, and I didn't even really realize. I look, I just didn't see it. I didn't run it on purpose. I didn't mm-hmm. see it. But then when I finally when I saw this, I still went like another thirty seconds because I was like right in the middle and couldn't. Have, I just didn't have the etiquette in my mind to just bail and, and be like, "Oh, sorry, guys, gotta yeah. go. Messed up." You know, I I didn't. I just finished. And I come off, and a comic's like, "Man, you really ran that light." And so I go straight over, and I was like, "No excuses. You told me, and I messed up." She's like, "I don't be the guy that's known for running the light." And what sucks, it's like I made this big impression, and then just slapped like that whole opportunity down completely with running the light to where it's like, "Oh yeah, what's his name again?" Yeah, we'll remember him, sure, <laughs> and earned every bit of it, you know. Yeah. But um, but it's funny because. Everyone's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. I'm like, yeah, it's a big deal. Like, you don't do that when you get in those opportunities. I'm like, oh, but you, I just saw you did this show at this bar. I'm like, there was literally three people there, and one was my fiance, and one was my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's not as good as you think. And, and like I said, if I got a bringer show, a lot of people are like, wow, you made it. That's like, dude, it's just because I made friends enough to where they're going to give me a chance. Yeah. You know? That's wow. That's a good. It, it, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because I think what I've come to know. I mean, I've, I haven't really. I mostly have been involved in like the Santa Cruz scene. Like lightly started going to San Jose before before things shut down. Because you know I was doing. I'm in Salinas, so like I at first yeah. at first for me, you know I was going up at a mixed mic. There was like music and stuff happening all the time. So. There was no, That's there was tough. only a few other people doing comedy, and you know, like uh, I think what I kind of had was a mix of of the perspective that these people are having that you're talking about, where it's like, oh, that's so cool. Because I, I only, you know, I was at this small thing, so I still kind of had that perspective. Right. As I started going and hanging right. out and getting more involved, I think it's like, that goes away. I think that's just like part of like getting involved yeah. in it. It's like you're, the veil is lifted. Kind of when you do anything. Like with, you could tell me some stuff about right. beer probably that make me not want to drink beer for a couple of days, I bet. Just like, and I, I could, yeah, it's like there's, there's just a ton of uh, like, yeah, there's like it's like yeah, it's just like the truth of it, like the 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 nuts and bolts, um, and yeah, man, you just you start to realize that that you know, as as you get to each level, there's just a it, you know the target keeps moving. You know, when you're like, oh, I'm close to doing a bringer show, when you tell yourself, um, I'm I deserve that spot. You know, I you almost tell yourself beforehand that you earned it and you deserved it, so that when you get it, you're like, you're almost like, well, I should have been here already. And then now you're like already trying to get your feature or host on a weekend at improv before you've even done your bringer show, mentally speaking. And it's tough because I had to tell myself like, look, just keep doing jokes and people will ask you to do the shows that you're supposed to do. Like, oh, yes, you know, if if you smash at, at, at Go Go Gone show and you start smashing everywhere, comics are going to talk. And then you'll end up other places, and then you'll get there. You know who so. told me that, man? You know who told me that same shit early on, like really early on. Like I, I'm actually grateful that I even got to sit and chat with him. It was Anthony K. He was down here in Salinas one time. Mm, mm. He was doing a El Gordo had this show over at uh, the Salinas Sports Tavern, and he was like, he came through and, and did like he was like the headliner of the show, you know. And El Gordo asked me mm-hmm. if I wanted to come and do a uh, do a spot there too, so I showed up to do like five minutes at the beginning. And I talked to him outside, and that was the one thing that he said that stuck with me since. 
Because he's been like, you have to be undeniable up there every time. It's like, mm. you got to be like, you got to be funny. Like, that's what gets you anything. Yeah. He's just like, he. he's like, that's what the focus is. He was just like, giving me real ass advice. Like, just straight up. Like, just, and it was so cool to to have somebody like that that's been doing it for, you know, a long time to just kind of be yeah. like, hey, man, you want to know, like, how you, how you do it for real and just like give me all the, the, the da 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 and just like spell it out it was really cool and I like yeah man uh, that yeah that's the thing dude that's like the the thing I think that it's it, you gotta focus on is just being being funny being you know undeniably funny yeah. on stage all the time the rest the rest will show up I genuinely believe that now there are things you have to do I do think that you have to like you have to run shows to get opportunities, I think a little mm-hmm. bit right now in the certain scene, like that'll cut you in line a little bit. If you can find a way to run a show well and, and compensate comics, well, treat them well, be able to go into your pocket when the shows don't perform, you know, like understand that that's a part of it. You know, you have to pay comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, it's a, it, it's other than that, like you said, if you, kill every time that's when you deserve to be up on the big stage and when when you start doing that like you say it's going to be undeniable and san jose luckily enough is a scene where you can do that because improv is here and new management is having shows like super stacked and they were on the brink of doing more local driven shows they were giving opportunities to comics from the scene that were not quite there yet uh, so to speak and so the opportunities are there. Mm-hmm. You just have to go kill. The people from improv are going around. What were when we didn't have comedy? We're going around to mics, and you know they were after Scotty. Sometimes they were at you know um, Woodham's, Gong. and they were at you know Gong, and they were at um, Caravan. Sometimes if we could make it that far, Caravan was a tough sled I after, uh, rumors. after. I always wanted to stay and go, but I had to work in the morning and I was driving. You've all never done the van. I dude, I wanted to, man. There was like a time I was like, should I stay, bro? Cause I did, I did. It was like when for Scotty was going, so I did for Scotty. I went and did gong. And it was like, I got on caravan. And I was like, I should stay, bro. But I was like, man, you really should. Have. Like, I'm not going to really get home until like three in the morning. And I got to work at seven, man. I was like, I don't know. Like, well, what you do, what you had to do. And, and maybe you do this on the other time. And, and you got to, I should have hit I hate, somebody. I'm yeah. giving everybody advice. Hit up Atu and you don't, you do some kind of pizza offer. You say, look, I live in Salinas. I'm not going to ask every time. Is it cool if I can get it, you know, this, that, and then, you know, going like, hey, can I buy you a beer? You know, do something mm-hmm. like, you know, he's, if he's going to take exception and don't ask for it all the time. That's one thing that I, I would try to do on any lineup if I was asking for a favor because of timing wise. It's I asked once and then I wouldn't ask again for like, you know, two months, you know, just to make sure. But, dude, if when we get back, I'm telling you, it's tough for me to, to for anybody to say they're a Bay Area comic if you don't do the van, dude. You gotta do the van. That room will rip your heart out. <laughs> it's so great. It'll like just eat you alive. But also, like if you hit, if you hit, there's nothing like it though. Like if you get a a, a vibe or a rhythm, I've watched Tyler Standard flip that place upside down. I, I watched Kyle Hovland, um or. Uh, Wahoo or whoever his guy is, I forget who is his his uh, alter ego. I, it's not him. Just ask him. But uh, I've seen people murder there. But I've also just seen the crowd just turn and 
chew you up because it's you know I've seen six people in there I've seen fifty people in there it it is uh, my favorite though is my favorite was uh, Atu who runs it did like a three minute harmonica freestyle thing right before my set and I came out just like uh <laughs> it just like changed the whole room they were so excited to hear harmonica and then when he stopped it was like now listen to this guy and it was like nobody wanted to pay attention yeah. anymore <laughs> so i just started screaming at everybody it was just like because the guy that went up before me it was mighty mike went up before that and all he did was some call and response like you're not San Jose if you blah, blah, blah. And people are like, yeah. He's like, are you San Jose? Yeah. And he's doing a bunch of that stuff. Then the harmonica. And I come out about to tell dick jokes. And I'm just like, so you got this guy calling response. You got this guy playing harmonica. None of you are going to fucking pay attention to me. And they were all just like, yeah, we like this guy. He's pissed. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> I was like, this. And I just stayed in that box. And I realized that there, they like angry. And and I learned how to be like angry and vulgar and gross, and then you take that to like a regular show, and they're like, "Dude, you can't say you can't say that." Like, <laughs> uh, can can I say horrible stuff on here? Can I say horrible jokes on here? Wait, on the podcast? Yeah. Oh, is this, yeah, is this a? I can don't, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, no, the, the one, the one, uh, the one that I like because I don't really use it, and I don't like know how. And then I heard, I, I heard it somewhere else. Uh, after the fact and I was like well I don't really have much but um, I used it at at uh, Caravan and got this great response and then I go to like some show and I was like oh uh, yeah I've uh, I love I love eating pussy don't get me wrong blah 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 like I love it it's pretty much my favorite thing to do um, you know I've, I've eaten more pussy than cervical cancer it is the best and just you just saw the room just uh, all uncomfortable. They're all like, "This is okay to laugh." Say, yeah. Did you just compare cunnilingus to cancer eating the cells out of the? In- <laughs> okay, uh, you know, maybe don't say that when you're at a coffee shop in Morgan Hill, where the average age. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Uh. It's the 88 Keys, 88 Keys Cafe, and the host was an 18-year-old high school kid. So literally, the crowd is full of his high school classmates and all of their like grandparents that are there, that the retired grandparents. So I told it, that joke to uh, literally high school kids and like grandmas, and just watch. It. My grandma was actually in the in the room that night too, and my grandmother just looked at me like, "Okay." Um, don't say that at the family picnic and we're okay. But yeah, like Caravan definitely taught me that there's funny stuff in That's what like, dude, I I went to Bocce's for stuff like that, Bocce's cellar in San Oh, Bruce. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that was where I kind of you experiment. You just kind of throw it out there. Dude. You're just you're like you're right. fishing, dude. You're just like Yeah. Well, the Santa Cruz scene has a lot of had a lot of good mics going too, where you could do that from where like Poet and and, R.I.P. Poet, uh, Rosie's. I know, I know. Mm. But yeah, Uh, Rosie's had Mm. a good good mic from what I understand. DNA picked up a good one. There was plenty of places you you could go get that show. The outside one over there at Mountain Brewing. Yeah, Yeah. dude. The shit. That was one of my favorite shows. That's when that joke worked. Actually, I used it there. 
because the girl before me actually did a bunch of she did like literally three minutes of blowjob jokes to finish it out and i was like wow she really loves blowjobs i really like and just went into that and they were just like Dude, I, I noticed the crowd that was there they, they were like younger kids from the college a lot of the time they were chilling because it was like leader yeah. not, you can get a leader for like eight bucks I remember just being yeah, like, "Jeez, yeah. dude! Like, <laughs> this is crazy." Like, <laughs> I, I, I remember the second beer, and then I don't really remember what my friends did with me after the show. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, that's like, I'm so sad I don't have that set recorded because that was one of those where I was just in the perfect mood. I had the perfect transition. That was definitely, I think, top five set I ever nice. did, and then. And then, of course, just like most, I, I got tanked afterwards and couldn't even tell you the parts of it that that was like that hit. <laughs> but my friend, like my friend that had seen me a lot, was like, "That was the best. You'd never done that before. Like that was insane." He's like, "I heard the jokes. I knew the punchlines, and I still laughed." Nice. Like, <laughs> hell yeah, um, that's always fun too. Like uh, when you get like uh, when you get like uh, the comics to laugh at some stuff, like at a mic that they know you've heard before, but you're working on or you're working on something new, and you like. You get somebody like I always yeah. appreciated uh, Ruben for that. Ruben's always somebody that would he'd give you a good laugh if like you had something that was that you're like yeah. working on. And you were you know you're trying to get that spot. He actually you know he was he's paying attention a lot too. That's what I like about you could tell like that's what I like about the community is there was like you could just there was people that would chill and sit and uh, like I you know I. I was that dude that was just like laughing in the corner, trying to like tuck away because I don't want to be too loud. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm like, dude, fuck, I'm like, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. And because uh, it's just, it, dude, it's free comedy, man. Like as much as we're, yeah. as much as I'm like signing up to do it, I'm also chilling, like, like the you know, like getting to watch. Like sometimes people swoop in from you know at poets, people would swoop in and do like you know extra time, and you're like, you just feel the room when they are when they take control of it. And you're like, yeah, it's inspiring, bro. It's like it's uh, like live comedy is, is uh, it changes when like like you like we were talking about earlier, pulling that veil back. Like I went and saw Segura yeah. at the Civic, and like I was just counting before he gets a big laugh, and I would start counting. Yeah, that's I was yeah, well, yeah, I was yeah, listening yeah. to him too, but I was just like also just like. It's so rhythmic. It's so rhythmic. It's almost like a song. Yeah. Like there's like 16 bars. You know, he's like. It was crazy. I was like, we're all like, all of them are We're all hypnotized right now by this guy. Like it's just like, he has control of everybody right now, and it's like it's really powerful and inspiring, dude. And and you know, it's like one of the main reasons why, you know, I wanted to do it as young as a younger guy was like you know getting to go like i went and saw when i was 18 my i i was a big dane cook fan when i was younger because it was just like yeah, me, too. me too i went i went and saw him at uh like what i don't it, it was hp back then whatever the shark tank is oh nice oh uh, yeah i saw him at key arena and uh yeah i remember my mom got me tickets when i was a kid when i was like it was like my 18th birthday present or something and like uh i remember taking my girlfriend at the time and Dude, it was just yeah, it was like it's just being in an arena. He's on that. It was like the center stage, you know, the oval, and he's just like, it, it was yeah, it was just like yeah, mesmerizing, yeah. dude. It's like uh, some people have that like, some people have that ability to just like take control, and it's you like, know, dude. You know, it's so funny though. The it's it's funny you say that because I hear a lot of people 
kind of admonish his material or say he takes material or whatever, but he's still like, he can light a stage on fire. And it's funny that I feel like me personally, I feel like that's, I feel like I'm more equipped to do that. Right. Like, I feel like that's probably more my vein because I can get hyped, you know, and I could make faces and I feel like I could do all that. But the, the moment that I realized that I had the sense of humor of a comedian was at, I saw Jim Jeffries at um, Improv. Fuck, it's got to be like eight years ago now. Before he really was like, he was big. He'd had some HBO special, but he wasn't Jim Jeffries yeah. yet. And he, he told by far like the worst. The worst joke I've ever heard, but the best joke I've ever heard. <laughs> and and I laughed my ass off and no one else at improv laughed. And it was almost like ominous. Like the, I mean the people that I was with <laughs> You're like the only the people that I was laughing. with. Yeah, man. The, I, we, it was a double date uh, with some close friends. We just talked about it recently too. They like she was like, Yeah, I was not ready to be your friend for a co- like a while, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow and uh and and you know it that's when i realized when i understood what he was doing and could accept it but other people couldn't see past the subject material i was like oh, oh okay i just my brain just works differently and and the other part was i started to realize is nothing just really offends me because of just like my up you know there's things that hit harder there's jokes i don't like um, I don't like the topic of suicide, but I think people should make all the jokes they want. You know, I, there's there's certain stuff that I just don't enjoy personally, but I think everyone should write every joke the worst possible way, the absolute, like, I love Anthony Jeselnik. Oh, me too. Love yeah, it. Me too. Love every bit of that. J- Jim Jeffries and, and Jeselnik are probably who I would rather be, but I don't have that ability. I don't write like that. I'm definitely more of like, if I'm going to be somebody, I'd rather probably be like Cat Williams. To be yes. honest, like, uh, but not, but not on crack. <laughs> Non-crack cat. Just, just caffeinated cat Williams, not crackinated. I just want to be caffeinated cat, nice. like, like espresso cat Williams. I think that would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, dude. In color as yeah. well. In color as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it worked in both ways. Dude, this has been comedy's better when you explain yeah, it. Yeah. This has been a freaking <laughs> blast, dude. Um, I've had a good time chilling and talking yeah, with you. Uh, I want to give you a chance right now to plug everything one more time. Shout out all those Instagram handles and stuff so that people can go follow you and watch stuff. Whew. Yeah, man. Uh, so the 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 BMO makes you laugh. BMO makes you laugh. Spelled out the rest of the way is my personal one. That's where all the comedy stuff goes. That's where a lot of more of the funny stuff. Uh, 100.btv on Instagrams uh, if you like sports and, and you want to see somebody get geeked out about that. And uh, depending on this when this comes out, I actually have a live show outdoor uh, patio at SP2 on the 20th of August. It's a Thursday. Okay. What um, day is that? The 20th? So that's uh, the 20th? Oh, this will be out uh, before August then. 20th. Yeah, August 20th. So- so, so two days or, or tomorrow, a couple of days from now, whenever this is, uh, uh, SP2, if there's some tickets left, they are going to have been on sale for a little bit by the time this comes out. But um, uh, awesome lineup. Uh, I'm so happy. you got Terry Dorsey, uh, Ivy Cordova, Mean Dave, Sereni Wirasakura, and, and Zach Lord's going to host. Oh, cool. Um, oh, yeah. 
uh, I'm I'm pretty excited. And you'll be able to if you go to BMO makes you laugh on Instagram, you'll you'll be able to find uh, find those tickets. Awesome, dude. And dude, before I go, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this, man. This was so much fun. Dude, awesome. Yeah, thank I, you, uh, dude. Yeah, I uh, I had a blast too. It's nice. It's nice getting to chat, and uh, you know, it's <laughs> I I. I <laughs> It was. I still just think about that. Yeah, I, I dude, I, I've seen you on the internet, bro. Like, I, I it was just, yeah, it was dude. such a. Because I thought the same thing. Like, it was like that's why I think it's so funny. Because I, when you said it, I was like, dude, I've seen you on the internet too, dude. Like, yeah, man. Uh, that's, it's, 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 that's just a, meeting comics. I just, I wanted to always make it easy. Like, if if you didn't know my name or I didn't know your name or I just knew, you know, your boof, you yeah. know, I'm like, oh, I know the boof guy, okay. you know, I don't know. I forget. I don't, I don't know his name. I forget Matthew. <laughs> no, I don't know. Good. You know what I mean? But then but then you do that part, you know, you're like, hey, I know you on the Internet. And then it's like, OK, that's an easy way because you may be like, BMO, is that what he, he wants me to call him? Yeah. Or is it really Brian? Or I don't know. Is like, that a thing? Is that like a thing like, from your childhood? Or is that like, did you give yourself that? Like, before we go, I just, I've, I've never, no. I've always wanted to know. Like, how, how did BMO become okay, BMO? Okay, quick and dirty. Quick and dirty. So when I was in college, I was a club promoter. Yes, one of those. Okay, so um, I, at the time when you were a club promoter in the early 2000s, you took on some kind of name of some kind because you probably to hide your identity from your parents because you were posting on MySpace that you were going to be at a party with like girls with their boobs out and stuff. Right. So I had a very terrible nickname that you're not going to hear on this podcast, but it was dumb. It was silly. Uh, and there was a commercial on TV, a a Carmelo Anthony commercial. And it said, be more with yourself. And one of my friends was like, that should be your nickname, Be More. Like, Be More was something like that, like, not your stupid-ass promoter nickname. And so then that became, like, Be Mo, Be Money, Be, you know, okay. a bunch of B things. But Be Mo ended up for short. And then, I don't know, uh, that was probably 23. I was, like, 13 years ago. And now I do it for comedy purposes. Not, like, not if you couldn't, not that you couldn't find out, but I do, like, you know, being BMO for the comedy side and then Brian for the rest of it. So when, when people that haven't seen me, that are family or friends, they'll be like, look, Brian and BMO are very different people. So don't judge BMO <laughs> and don't judge Brian for what, what BMO, BMO does, says yeah. on stage because I'm going to talk about things that are not true. They're just for jokes. Okay. Nice. You know, and, um, but I, I like uh, I don't have like any weird identity thing. I don't hide that. But I do kind of distinguish the comedy side as being more BMO and and regular life. I mean, nobody calls me Brian in regular life except my mom. <laughs> Actually, she calls me BMO now. I think <laughs> <laughs> if she calls me Brian, I'm fucking in trouble. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, yeah, like I said, dude, super yeah, fun. Thank you very much. Absolutely, brother. That was a blast. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time.